Welcome back to another episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. In this episode, we talk with Kelly Lochte, founder of Faith Inspired Training at fitathletics.com. We talk about making any meal healthier to enjoy your food while reaching your goals. Welcome to the show, Kelly Lochte. Thank you very much for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule to call in. Um, got an exciting episode here today with you. So let's go ahead and just get started real quick and tell everybody uh, your name, uh, where you're from, kind of who you are and what do you do? Yeah. Um, so I am Kelly Lochte. I am from New Braunfels, Texas. I'm a personal trainer out of San Antonio, Austin. And I also work in New Braunfels, Texas as well. And I have my own business. So with that, I do a lot of in-home training and I go to clients' homes and wherever they um, would like to train, whatever's convenient for them, I meet them there. That's really cool. I actually had a, an episode last week where I talked to someone who did in-home training, and I figured that that was something that was trending more. But that's actually interesting that consecutively you, you do that, too. So how, how do you like that compared to uh, other formats of training, like in a gym uh, versus home-based? Um, what I really like about it is it's very personal. Um, it kind of pertains to their comfort space. So it's not in a public space where they have to adjust. Um, I go to where, you know, obviously where they live and if they want to work outside, we work outside. If they'd rather work inside, we work inside. And, um, it's kind of nice cause I feel like I get to know my clients better when it's in that kind of atmosphere. There's more personal conversations, less background noise, um, it just kind of makes the uh, interactions more intentional and um, more comfortable for my clients, which is most important to me. Right, because if the client's not comfortable, then sometimes it can deter the uh, the effectiveness of the training. Now, it's interesting exactly. that... Go ahead. I know, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's just the more comfortable they are, the the better they can train and just reach their goals and things that they want to do. Right. And and with home-based training, I feel like that kind of also is driven a little bit more by, you know, COVID and, and the recent pandemic. Well, not so recent anymore. It's been going on for a while. But um, mm -hmm. So how how have you seen a difference then with your own fitness and, and that of your clients and customers? And, and how have you been able to overcome those challenges? Um, it's, it's interesting. I have seen, you know, some people are gung-ho they love the idea of me coming to their home they see it as a safer environment other people see it as me you know possibly bringing something to their home so they're not so comfortable with the idea so it's it's really been a I would say like a healthy mix of you know people wanting to do it people not wanting to do it for me personally in my training um I have focused a lot on running and running more distance um I obviously there was a period of time where couldn't go to gyms. Uh, Gold's wasn't open. That's where I usually go. Um, and I worked for a while at a private gym. And so even that was closed down for a while. So I kind of had to totally switch up my training. And at the time it came, it came at a very interesting time because I actually last year and up until through the spring, I was working full time as a track and field coach um, at a university. So I was doing that full time on top of my business and I didn't have a lot of time to do my own training. Um, but I would always try and fit it in because my own physical training is very important to me and it keeps me sane. So when this was going on, I was working from home a lot. And so I just started running more and my lifestyle was kind of slowing down with the start of the pandemic. And 
I just kind of had more time to really thoroughly enjoy my workouts. Um, and I found that just, you know, going for a four mile run or going to tracks that were available and open and getting some speed work in there and just kind of focusing on things at a much slower pace instead of rushing workouts in really, I feel like has benefited me in a lot of ways, especially with my stress levels. Um, as far as clients go, I think, you know, they really enjoyed it really hasn't changed much of the process um, with the in-home training. For some that I was training at a gym, I moved them to in-home and they've thoroughly liked that. They were a little hesitant at first and that's always people's questions are, can I get a good workout in from my home? You know, I see you only have this equipment or, you know, you only have a few things or I have these things you know, if I'm not lifting with these heavy barbells or I'm not doing this, am I going to be able to lean out? Am I be, am I going to be able to get fit? And my answer, and I always say to them is yes. And I kind of tested this on myself, um, especially through quarantine. I, cause I, I love to run, but I love to lift equally as much. And so I started doing everything with the equipment I have, um, you know, pull-ups and just getting really innovative, um, with dumbbells and even, Certain workouts that I love um, to do in a gym, I just would up up reps and change different um, different exercises up. And just with a pair of 15 pound dumbbells, I was like, wow, I can get some really good strength training workouts. And and so I kind of reassured them of that. And then moving forward, most of my clients that I already had really trusted me and weren't really worried about it. And new clients coming on um, have kind of seen that, and I think that's definitely. Uh, through their training, they've realized, okay, wow, yeah, I really can get a good workout in um, just with the equipment that you bring, and it doesn't have to be in a gym setting. Right, and I think that's awesome. You, you kind of answered the the question that I was going to head to next was about overcoming that people having that mindset of, you know, if I'm not at the gym, I can't get a good workout in, or it's not going to be as good or good enough. And it, it's quite surprising how much you can do when you don't have uh, all of the heavy weights, equipment, and machines. But how much of that in-home training would you say is more body weight and calisthenics versus using, you know, like a dumbbell or a band or other things like that? Um, I, I try and keep it pretty mixed up um, using, you know, more body weight. Like we'll do, especially depending on the client, if they train three times a week, I'll try and have one day where they are um, – you know, maybe it's more of a body weight higher, keeping their heart rate higher and involving more cardio. And then days where we do things that are slower, more isolated, you know, focusing on certain muscles. And I do have certain bands and things that'll focus on that. And then other days, you know, okay, we're going to do dumbbells. We're going to do maybe a max effort on something that they're like, okay, yeah, that doesn't sound that bad. And then they do it and they're like, whoa, this is probably one of the toughest workouts. So um, it, it's, it's definitely different from a gym setting, but it's also, it's just as effective, I would say. And it's been kind of fun for me as the personal trainer. I like, I like to be challenged, I would say as much as my clients do. And so it's been fun kind of having to keep my mind fresh, having to keep thinking of new ways to challenge my clients has also just challenged me too. Yeah. And that's one of the huge benefits of having a, a trainer. And, and one, you always grow as you're teaching and coaching more clients. But uh, without a trainer, I feel like a lot of people don't really know what's fully available. And so I think that's awesome that you're able to relay that information and address their needs, you know, as they're working through uh, progressing at doing those at-home workouts. But other mm -hmm. than other than workouts and like the actual exercise portion of it, uh, 
what's your philosophy when it comes to nutrition with your clients? Um, so my philosophy with nutrition is I focus on, I like to focus on their protein intake and their activity level. Um, so those are kind of a couple things I look at. What is their goal? And I like to keep it to where they enjoy the foods they're eating. I'm really not into, you're going to have ground turkey, a sweet potato and rice for every meal. Um, I do meal plans, but I know that gets really boring and they might do it for a month, three weeks, you know maybe even two months if they're super disciplined, but eventually it just becomes super exhaustive and it's not fun. And I'm all about creativity in the kitchen. Um, so I like to focus on creativity in the kitchen while still being able to meet those goals by keeping, you know, your calories in, in those limits that are going to help you reach those goals. So I focus on macros. I focus mostly on keeping protein higher and your fats lower. Okay. that makes sense. Now, and you mentioned fat, and I normally wouldn't go you know this route, but what are your thoughts on on keto and people doing keto? <laughs> I you know i'm I'm all for people. I don't like to knock anything in any regard, but I don't I'm not a big keto person, um especially that's kind of the opposite of my philosophy because I'm very big on keeping your fats low. I think. I've seen the most results with myself, um, and so I'm like, well, I'm my walking testimony of why that wouldn't work. I also think carbs are really important, especially if you're going to be working out, and I think keto can work for some people. Um, my my idea is keto can work for you if you're not super overly physically active. Um, you might be exercising every day, whether it's walking, but if you're really physically active, you're going to need the carbs. And if you're not significantly overweight, I think a keto diet isn't going to be super successful. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan on the keto. <laughs> I, I had to ask because I, I know people who have done it or are doing it and kind of like you, I don't like to to knock it, you know, because it, it, it does work. But for me, it's like, mm -hmm. I could picture getting really excited about doing something like that. And then the first meal where I've just eaten loads of bacon and whatever else, just, it, I would get sick. I feel like. So. Yeah. I could not, I could not take that much fat. I would just, Oh, I can't, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned focusing on, on protein and, and lower levels of fat and, you know, balance of, of carbs. So you mentioned earlier that, uh, when we talked before the call about making meals healthier. And I kind of want to focus on that because I think that's really cool. And I feel like a lot of people who are just going to eat like, you know, cookies or whatever else, you know, whatever we can make healthier. So what, will you explain some of that? Yeah. Um, so I think you talked about cookies. I like to do, I'm a big dessert person. Desserts are like my weakness. I love sweets. Um, so with that, it's like, okay, how can I enjoy sweets while keeping fats low? And that's kind of a question I get all the time because it's like butter, butter's in everything, butter's butter and oil, butter and oil. And, um, I discovered that you can make a lot of stuff really, really good with pumpkin. Um, so pumpkin is like my secret ingredient in a lot of my sweets I make, um, and so I will, I've made, a, I make a lot of different kinds of muffins. I make a lot of different kinds of brownies and cakes and things like that. And it's really not a lot of ingredients. And sometimes I use just cake box mixes and I use pumpkin and those are like my two ingredients. Um, and I'll add in other things, but 
I discovered a lot of different ways to make things like that. And I have perfected my coffee um, brownies and uh, or I call my espresso brownies and they're super low fat and they're not that high in carbs. And so finding things like that, I think reading labels is very important as well. And so I have just continued to focus on that when I'm finding or trying to create new recipes. Um, so with the sweets, like pumpkin's my go-to and it's healthier for you. So I cut out the oil. I don't include butter in a lot of my stuff. Um, if some res- recipe I'm using calls for butter and I'm trying to make a healthier version, I'll play with it. And, you know, it doesn't always work out. There are some recipes I've tried to make and some cookies where it just kind of comes out like, okay, obviously this is missing something important. Um, but I've, I've realized, hey, you don't always need the butter. And with baking powder and other things, you can make um, you can make some great sweets. So that's kind of how I operate with my sweets. I look at ways that I can cut out butter and oils. And even with my cooking, um, I think that's the easiest way that we really just spike up our trace calories. Um, and trace calories are just calories that you consume that you don't realize you're really consuming and you wouldn't even count them necessarily, especially if you track your macros, you know, and you're tracking them seriously throughout the day. But those extra couple chips or, you know, the salt that you're adding in with the oil and the different things that are going to affect, um, they're all, they're overall going to affect your goals. And so when I'm cooking, when I'm making, whether I'm making a burger, whether I'm making salmon, or if I'm making tilapia or a soup or whatever it is, I stay away from the olive oil. I stay away from the canola oil. I really don't use any kind of oil. I will use oil sprays. Um, so olive oil spray and I use butter spray sometimes as well, just because it's an easy way to cut out a lot of excess fat. Um, and then there's a lot of just natural herbs and spices that make food taste amazing. And so many people don't believe me. You know, I've had family members, I've had friends, I've had people that have bought my meal plan. And I'm like, just try it, just try it. Like, isn't it kind of bland? Like, how is this supposed to taste good? And they're like, wow, like the most common response I get is, wow, like the, I was so surprised by not adding the olive oil that it was going to taste this good or that it was going to be kind of dry or it wasn't going to be very flavorful. And they're usually pretty surprised by that. Um, So that was kind of like one way that I realized with my own cooking and when I was seriously tracking my macros and doing things like that, I just kind of developed ways to make meals um, by cutting out excess fat that's really not needed. And then, you know, then you can focus and narrow in more on other parts of recipes and things where, okay, let me get the lower fat version of this, or let me try. I do cook a lot with fat-free ingredients, which sometimes can be difficult, um, especially when it comes to cheeses. I like dairy. Um, I guiltily love dairy. I try not to have too much of it, but I still like it. And so Sometimes it doesn't always work best, but I found ways to work with Greek yogurt and um, certain other fat-free things that just mix in well when making different kinds of ingredients. Um, and yeah, I've just really, I've really gone off with that. Um, I, my big thing right now, well, not right now, but it's been going on for a few years, my pizzas and my burgers. Um, and I get as creative with them as possible with all sorts of kind of toppings and a few weeks ago, I actually did a burger week. I call it Kells Burgers Week. And I, every day, or for four four or five days, I um, posted a different kind of burger and what I did for it. And then I named him after George Strait's song. So that was kind of fun. Um, people really actually enjoyed that. And 
sometimes people are watching things and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize like people really like this. And so I really enjoy getting the feedback on my meals and um, even from meal plans, whenever I send people something, I'm like, hey, here's something you could try. And they really enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, I love the burger recipe or I love the pizza recipe. So um, I, I like to keep spinning. I like to keep working with different recipes, kind of adding adding things. Um, I have some different inspirations of people that have really helped me out and um, and kind of taken some of their recipes and, and spun off of it. And it's it's kind of got the creative juices going for me to create other things as well. So I, I really do enjoy um, enjoy a lot of the meals and the things I make just by making them lower fat. And it keeps it creative in the kitchen as well. I am really glad that I asked that question because so you brought up the burgers and I was going to ask about those because I looked at your Instagram before we had talked and I, I saw some of those and I I think that first one has what looks like macaroni and cheese kind of on top of it. They're, they're shells. It does. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. They are shells. <laughs> so that looks really good. It's um, a lot better than the one that I made earlier this week. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, and the way so I actually used um, I use Zach Rochella, which is a guy out of Austin, and it's flexible, flexible dieting lifestyle. And um, he has he was kind of my big inspiration to just even starting this and creating my own meals in general. But I used his mac and cheese recipe, and then I put it on my burger recipe. Um, so it's like a little combination, but yeah, that's a good one. That is awesome. And who was that again that you said? Um, his name is Zach Rochello. I'm not exactly sure I could be butchering his last name. Um, but he is, he's a guy out of Austin and he does, he's big into flexible dieting. Um, he actually has like his own signature cookie butter and different things and kind of same mindset of, you know, counting your macros, creating meals that are, um, flexible and, you know, protein high, fats lower, figuring out what works for you and going with it. And, um, I did one of his challenges actually a few years ago and lost about 13 pounds in less than two months. And I was already like, okay, decently lean, but it's just a tough time in my life. And I wasn't able to lose weight for a while. And that really shifted my focus and understanding after that, I really just started focusing on nutrition and different aspects, things I used to do, changing it up. And, um, I've kind of, I've stayed in touch with him here and there and, um, I always follow his page and, uh, he's just a really cool guy and taken kind of molded my own mindset, but inspired definitely by some of his work. That's really cool. I'll have to look him up afterwards because that, I mean, that mac and cheese looks really good and, uh, it's really good to see different perspectives because a lot of experiences out there. And I think that's one of the main goals of why I started this podcast is to really get different perspectives out to people because, you know, scrolling through an Instagram profile or, you know, on Twitter or Facebook, it's, or even a blog, it's, you don't get the full message. And so I think it's nice to be able to hear directly from people. Yeah, I totally agree. So I was going to ask, talking about burgers. So I I do a lot of smoking on a pellet grill uh, for chicken, Mm -hmm. burgers, things like that. And one of the things that I've been looking at this week is, different seasonings because I'm trying to find flavors that I like more than, you know, what I've typically been using. Do you have kind of go-to herbs and spices or for like low sodium options, even when you grill or cook meat? Do. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a, that's a great question because I'm very sensitive to sodium. So I always know when I've cooked with too much sodium because I can just feel it in my stomach. Like 
I'm really, my, my guilty thing is I'm not good at drinking water. And my body always tells me it whenever I have too much sodium, it's like, bam, I'm hit like, Ooh, okay. I need to start drinking water more and I need to watch my sodium. But with that, I am more consciously aware. And so the, some of the herbs that I really go to and spices, first of all, I love spicy stuff. So I will find, um, I like the, you know, chili, chili pepper, things like that. And it does have some sodium in it. So I try not to do too much of that, but, um, a lot of the natural, I love cooking with oregano. I think that's like probably one of my favorite ones and garlic, garlic's my go-to. Um, I try and not add a ton of salt to things. So if I'm going to, um, I'll sprinkle a little bit of the sea salt. I like the thicker, um, like the coarser sea salt and then some pepper and, um, that's another good one. Cayenne pepper, big cayenne pepper person, um, as well. And then I have found a couple, I will like search the spice aisle and anytime I find something that's low sodium or like no sodium, I snag it. Um, sometimes I've even used taco seasoning. That's no, um, there's some that's like super low sodium and it doesn't taste great if you're trying to intentionally make tacos. Like you can definitely <laughs> tell it's lacking the sodium, but it makes it's it's great add in for spices. And sometimes I just will use that if I'm cooking with a certain meat or um, other things. I would also say for burgers and things, sometimes just cutting up the fr- like the fresher it is, the better. Um, so if I have fresh rosemary or um, even fresh jalapenos, dicing those up and fresh minced garlic, like that is your best flavor enhancer and garlic's just great for you in general anyway so to me garlic is my number one (laughs) I'll put garlic in everything it's not going to make your breath taste or smell good but that's okay (laughs) um and then from there I will just it depends what I'm cooking with if I'm wanting something more more herb or more spicy or you know sometimes I just mix it all in and we're like all right as long as as long as the sodium's not super high in it I'm like all right we'll, we'll we'll try this one out um Another great thing to add and I've discovered lately is I found a balsamic, it's like a balsamic glaze and it's no sodium, but it's, it's like a fig glaze. And so it's not just like straight balsamic vinegar. Um, it has a little bit thickerness, uh, like a thicker, thicker consistency to it. And it mixes really great over anytime you're making like stir fry vegetables or something like that. Um, it has no sodium, so it's a super awesome flavor enhancer. And just adds, it's like adding a sauce that doesn't have, you know, it's not high in sodium. Okay, it's awesome. (laughs) That's really awesome. I love love hearing about things like that. I'll have to look that one up. I I even saw uh, earlier when you were talking about these seasonings, it reminded me on your Instagram, you made some lettuce wraps that remind me of P.F. Chang's that look to die for, really. And I see the garlic and stuff on there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are amazing. Those are, that's a, and that's a great recipe. Um, I kind of, I found, once again, I found an original recipe and then I just kind of tweaked it here and there to make it uh, fitting towards like lower sodium and a little bit healthier. So what about pizza? I think you mentioned pizza, right? Is that one of the yes. ones that you do? Yeah. How, so how do you do that better or more healthy? <laughs> so I make my own crust. Um, I started with, once again, Zach had a pizza recipe and I kind of started with his <clears throat> pizza recipe and he actually tweaked his a lot over the, um, over he's had several cookbooks and things and he's kind of messed with it a little bit. And I started with his original recipe and then now I just kind of basically I mix it uh, different things together. So I've added little things and 
um, taken, taken some of his recipe and just like tweaked it. Um, but it's definitely, so I make my own crust. I, which is a low carb crust, um, a decent amount of baking powder in there. I will add Greek yogurt, egg whites, um, spices once again, rosemary, if I have fresh or spice, it really helps as well. Um, and then any kind of flour, I've used gluten-free flour, works just as fine. Um, and then a little bit of, I prefer putting coconut flour in there as well. And then a decent amount of um, baking, uh, baking powder. Mixing that together, so I mix the dry ingredients first and then the wet ingredients like the Greek yogurt. Sometimes I throw in uh, low-fat ricotta as well. Creates a little bit thicker consistency. And then the egg whites will make it um, mix well together. And then I mix them both together. I let them kind of sit for a few minutes and then I spread them out. And if it's too thick, I'll add a little bit of water and it spreads out better. Pop it in the oven, cook my ingredients separately um, if I'm, you know, grilling something, if it's meat or if it's veggies or anything like that. And then um, the crust takes like eight, nine minutes. I bring it back out. I'll put marinara on there, like a little bit on. And then I put all my toppings on. And then I usually top it with fat-free cheese, pop it back in the oven and broil it for a few minutes, and then take it out again. And it's super, it's really a simple recipe. Like it's really not that difficult to make. Uh, The hardest thing is the toppings. So if your toppings are already pre-done, like it can be a super quick recipe. The cooking time is like 12 minutes total. Um, and it's still, it's a much healthier, <laughs> it's a much healthier recipe and you don't feel like you can eat that whole thing. And sometimes I'm like, wow, like I'll just add more water to the crust and to make it like thinner or add more egg whites to make it thinner. Um, and that way it spreads out more. Or sometimes I will double like the flour from really wanting to make like a really big pizza. But then I look and I'm like, wow, like this is great. Um, and it's, it's like filling, but it doesn't make you feel like you've just eaten a hundred some grams of carbs because you haven't. A lot of times it's like 50 to 60 grams of carbs, which for a full pizza is pretty great. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And I don't know if you maybe want to just come and cook for me over here, but <laughs> everything you just described sounded phenomenal. So that's, yeah, it really seems like it's become a hobby for you, something you enjoy. It has. Um, it's definitely something I enjoy. It's it's very cooking's very therapeutic for me. Um, it it helped me, I guess, because I started really enjoying it when I was reaching my fitness goals and my or my physique goals. And so I've kind of just stuck, you know, there's been periods of time where it's like, all right, I'm not eating as healthy, but I wouldn't say I've really fallen off the wagon and that since I've been doing that. And that was since like twenty eighteen. So it's been about, you know, two years or so that I've really just adjusted the way I've eaten. And um, yeah, it's it's done numbers for me. I really, I really enjoy it. It's therapeutic. I love discovering new things to make and um, just kind of sharing that with people around me too. I, I want people to realize that they can, they can eat things they enjoy and that, you know, if there's some recipe they really like, like, hey, hey, well, what about this? Can, is there an easier way to make chicken pot pie or is there an easier way to make, you know, chick, what about chicken nuggets and things like that? And I'm like, you know what, let me work on that. Let me see what I can do. And so, um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to discover things for myself, things for my clients. And then, you know, I've, I've had, I've done challenges and things where just, just food-based and I don't make it super specific. Like that's the thing with my meal plan. I don't say this is what you have to eat. I give suggestions. I give a whole grocery list of suggestions, I give suggestions for their meals. And then my goal for them is by the end of it, they have a better understanding of what they're putting in their body and how that affects them and um, how to make these recipes, you know, give them a base of recipes and then 
figuring out what they like and just understanding that keeping their fat lower, keeping their protein higher with what they're working out and will help them reach those goals. You know, we put in obviously specific numbers. They have a general idea of how to track their macros, but then it's just discovering, hey, this is this meal I made. Yeah, it was awesome. And I love hearing when clients share with me. Yeah, I really made this. I made this awesome fish last night. It was super good. And I tried this and then I had it with this on the side and, you know, they'll share different things with me. And I'm like, that's really great. I love to see them excited as well. Um, Cause I really think that creates a life change. It's not this 30 day thing they decide to do or, you know, some of these diets where they're super driven for a few months and there's all those are awesome. And this can work. It's just, I'm looking for lifestyle changes cause that's what worked for me. And that's what I want to share with my clients and um, anyone that decides to buy some of my meal plans. Right. And I think that's a, a really important uh, approach to take because people will sign up, right, to have a personal trainer, go to the gym or online coaching or wherever it is. But if they're not willing to make changes, then the results aren't going to last. They're just going to be there as long as the person's holding them accountable. And even then they mm-hmm. might you know, kind of just lie about what they're doing and they just won't see the results. So I think that's really important. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It's I think that's kind of, you know, that's the that's the ultimate goal any personal training trainer wants their clients to, you know, receive. They want they want them to know that, but they really have to grasp that. And that's what I always kind of start out with my clients or anyone that I'm like, hey, anyone that's going to purchase a meal plan or anyone um, that's interested or just with clients with their physical goals, too. It's like you have to believe in yourself and you have to be committed to it. And it has to be something that you want to do. Yes, I'm going to hold you accountable, but. You know, until it really clicks for them, it's not it's not going to be sustainable. Right. And and that's the key importance is, is being sustainable. So I want to get to kind of the end of this. But before before we go to that part, I just want to ask if you if you were to have one and I kind of ask everybody this because it's a really loaded question. But um, if you had one message that you could share with you know the audience, what would that one main message be? Wow. One main message. I would definitely say that um, I'm big on consistency and just my my business motto itself is let endurance have its perfect result. And that comes from uh, James one in the Bible. And that's kind of my business motto. And basically what that's saying is just keep consistent with it. If you are consistent, you will see results, whether you are doing one thing a day that is reaching or is in the direction of your goals or you're doing five things a day. Keep doing those five things. Keep doing that one thing. You will see change. You will see the results. Don't give up. Um, And because endurance will have its perfect result and it's going to be awesome. And that that is my encouragement. I want to keep my clients encouraged. And so that's kind of my that's my go to thing. That's what I like to tell people. Well, that's awesome. I think that's a really key because if if we don't have consistency, we really can't, you know, that's the whole sustainable being consistent, enduring through all of the work and being diligent to have those results. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to your uh, training, whether it's online or at home or at a gym, where can people find you uh, to get in touch? Um, So I do have an Instagram, which is fitathletics, F-I-T-A-T-H-L-E, T-I-C, and then double S, so it's S-S at the end. Um, and I also have a, a website, which is faithinspiredtraining.com. Um, those are two spaces where they can check out some of the stuff I do, um, my training, as well as some of the services I have as well. 
Um, I'm actually really excited. I'm working on a promotional video right now, too, which will be out on all sorts of different avenues, Facebook. Um, I'm going to put it on Twitter, Instagram, and other places as well. That's awesome. When, when you do have that ready, um, if you want to go ahead and share that link, I'll get that up on the blog so people can see that as well, uh, linking it back to this episode. Awesome. Yeah, I will. Perfect. So, yeah, I mean, this this has been really great. And, uh, you know, people can go ahead and reach out to you and I, you know, encourage encourage them to do so. Um, it's been really great talking to you. I've learned, you know, a lot about cooking and it's really fun to see that, you know, that passion that, that you have for it. Um, but anyway, I just want to thank you for your time on the call today. Yeah, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the John Barker Fitness Podcast. Feel free to visit Kelly on Instagram, Fit Athletics with two S's, or her website. Both are in the show notes, uh, the description, wherever you listen to this podcast. If you're not already subscribed, please make sure to follow and share this episode with your family and friends. If you do enjoy the show, Go ahead and check out the description for affiliate links that help me keep this going, as well as the blog and other content for all of you listeners. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.